this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we are revisiting the Gilded Age Season 1, Episode 9, the season finale, just to get ourselves reacquainted with the characters, get ourselves back up to speed on what the plot lines are, and just be ready for Season 2, which comes next week. And we're back on the Gilded Age train, revisiting Season 1, Episode 9. How's it going, Corey? It's going, Dave. It's going okay. How about you? It's going good uh, for me. We just want to send a shout-out before we get rolling to our mm-hmm. Day 1 Patreon patron and longtime fan, Estelle, who had a bit of a health scare and is hopefully on the mend and reunited with the family and all that fun stuff. So yeah. Send you well wishes to our, to our listeners still long time, long time friend of the podcast. So yeah, get well soon. Dave, I saw you posted on our Facebook lounge for our Patreon subscribers that we received a, a package, I, but Facebook deleted the video before I could even see what you got. The video was deleted. I will say that, uh, I opened the package and then I went out Mm-hmm. And it was a really wonderful piece of fan mail. And I, it came with a letter. I said, I don't want to read some letter on the internet. And then I got home from being out. So a couple hours later, and I opened the letter and it said, I would like to remain anonymous. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I name dropped the name of this individual who sent us this very generous package. So you deleted after, the video. <laughs> I deleted the video and I told her that her, it was a spoiler alert, it's female. And uh, she said, oh, no, if I had known you would, <laughs> I would have not been able to see the unboxing. I would have told you to use my name. I'm so sorry. But since the video no longer exists, the the gift was anonymous, but it was a very generous gift full of stuff from Highclere Castle. Well, you can tell me later, Dave, and we can record that and I'll be surprised. I'll be the surprised one. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. we can do a we'll do a, a re unboxing in person next time okay. we see each other. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> but listeners, they're here for Gilded Age because that is back upon us well, October well, well, hey, let, let, let's pump the brakes before we get into the Gilded Jeez. Age there's another okay there's, Keep there's another piece of Lords of Grantham news tell me we have officially crossed 200,000 streams Whew. thank you listeners that's a lot I mean yeah considering how hyper specific we are in terms of what we talk about that's a lot yeah uh, now we're on Podbean. We've been on Podbean for what, like a year and some change now, mm-hmm. and we have officially crossed one hundred thousand on Podbean. And we were on, band, um, not Bandcamp, SoundCloud before that, and mm-hmm. we were well over a hundred thousand when we left SoundCloud. So, all right, we're probably like a hundred thirty thousand. But just for the sake okay. of the badge, we were given a badge by uh, SoundCloud. So, cheers to us. Now yeah, that we're done patting us. ourselves on the back, I think we now is the time to talk the Gilded Age or Paddington Three being announced. Oh yeah, Paddington actually. Three. They announced uh, they are filming it right now. They're in Peru because that's where the next Paddington will take place in Darkest Peru. Uh, but January 2025 for the West and and, and North America, uh, in London uh, and Europe, November eighth, twenty twenty four, next year. So. <clears throat> Dave, we may need to make plans to go see it next year. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm going to fly to go see Paddington six <laughs> weeks not? early. 
It's. I mean, no, that's like two months, over two months early. Uh, I don't want any spoilers, but uh, yeah, Paddington Three is coming back, and um, he was there. In term, yeah, in terms of uh, Gilded Age news, they just started dropping some of the reviews for the second season today, and I haven't read them too closely because I I don't want to spoil myself on the season or anything that they may share. But the general uh, callouts about the show is. That's it's about what you expect. It's good. <laughs> it's okay. on par, at least. Uh, with I will last say, wa- watching this episode, it did make me feel very comfortable. But usually, mm. you know, when I take my notes, I take page and a half, two pages of notes on my little, uh, you know, smaller yeah. notebook. I have less than a page of notes on this episode. This is oh, so I just, crisp. I just fell back on the notes I had from the last time, honestly, because I just was looking at what I was writing down, and I was like, "Why am I doing this?" Yeah, why well, am I? Listen, that, well, that's what I, I thought. Maybe that's what I was doing. But do mm-hmm. we want to just jump I, into this? This is we rewatched the finale. Just a spoiler alert, though. I, I did power rankings for this episode too, and I was like, <laughs> "I don't need to change anything. These are the same." <laughs> I, I need to go find my other notebook because I have I keep physical notes. Oh, okay. And I need okay. to, you know, I would like to see. What you said well, before. What book has the Gilded Age in it? Or I can just re-listen to our old episode. But, but as you were saying, Dave. We revisited it because when mm-hmm. the teaser dropped and we covered that, we were like, wait a minute. There's so many moving pieces that we forgot who they were. And we can't go into this thing. <laughs> you know, spoiler alert for those that are big Poldark and uh, Belgravia heads. Numbers add up when it's Gilded Age. People want to know. Watch it. People want us to watch a contemporaneous show and talk mm-hmm. about it two days after it comes out. Yeah. So if people are like, "Hey, how come you don't do Call a Midwife?" It's like because that's like ten years old, and that's just. I think up. the Call of the Midwife is still going though. We could that be contemporaneous. So it just my takes mom us about. Always tells me to watch Call the Midwife. What if we just jump into Call the Midwife right now, uh, twelve seasons deep, <laughs> and just well, see the, where it goes? Doesn't move through time. It's not the same midwife, or is it? Oh, oh. I don't know. But. To our listeners that are like shaking their fists at their, their uh, you know, car stereo or AirPods, whatever they're listening to us on, tell us about, tell us, tell us if it does get modern. Otherwise, we're probably not going to cover it anyway because it's such a giant mountain and we're here talking about the Gilded Age. But right. Right. people like the Gilded just Age. just this year for that show. <laughs> wow. Okay. People like the Gilded Age. People like Julian Fellows. People that came to this show for Downton are still here for Gilded Age. Yeah. And... So we're back to Gilded Age. I, I did. I, so, Dave, you fell right back in. This was like an easy rewatch for you. Like, yep, this is exactly how I left it, how I, how I remember it. Well, I mean, aside from the fact that it's like Drake Karn mm-hmm. is, is just a, a, a meek background character, basically, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this stuff that I remember. I think this Drake Karn from is, Poldark as Larry Russell, just for people yes. who haven't watched Poldark. Yes. Uh, <laughs> The people, I think the plots were broad enough that, like, I remember the big ones, the stuff about the bald guy looking at the woman. I was like, I could care less. I well, think. Well, let's not <laughs> knock that one off first because it is uh, one shot. What? Yeah, it, it's Watson, right? That's his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, the McNeils, come to visit, and I, rem- I remember this thread from last year, and I would honestly, after the show ended, I would think to it time to time just to think, did that resolve itself that storyline because all it was was that bald guy Watson looking over at these McNeils and just kind of going like <laughs> and then that's it that's uh, it yeah 
and that's all we get this episode. I'm I, I'm so curious to see where they go without this season. I hope they just do the same thing actually in season two, where it's just him looking at this family. That would be great if Gilded Age winds up being like, like uh, Fellows' big uh, true sort of magnum opus, and it winds up going for like ten years, and we never find out what happens to the Watson With and the Watson. McNeils. Yeah. Um, I gotta be honest with Dave. For this episode, it was a bit of a challenge for me to jump back in. Like, mm-hmm. even with the recap at the beginning of the episode that they they play, it is moving full speed ahead. Like everything is in motion, and I was just like, humming, humming. I need a second to, to catch my breath here because they're throwing everything at you as if you recall it. And it did make me wonder uh, for for this new season, though, like how much are they going to kind of level set at the beginning of the season versus like pick up the threads uh, from the first season? Because Gilded Age was, it, it was popular. It did very well. But how much of a reminder or a refresher will people need before that season two mm-hmm. starts to kind of remember what they're getting themselves into? Yeah. And it, is there a viewing audience that will jump in for season two without having seen season one at this point in time? I don't. I don't think so. I think people have yeah. watched season one, and, and the thing is, it's changed since Downton. Uh, you know, in terms of viewership, whereas like Downton built momentum off those DVD box sets that people were circulating, the reruns on PBS. So mm-hmm. like when season two or season three rolled around, they they fans were ready. They they wanted more. Here with the Gilded Age, it did well, but it's kind of it's been a year and a half also. Mm-hmm. So it's a longer than usual turnaround uh, cycle for it. And it's not like it's percolated in in the subculture or culture itself. Like it, it it did well. So I'm just curious where people are with with its return. If they're hyped up, if they're all back in the know, ready for it to go, or is it going to be something like a slow rebuild of that fervor for for Gilded Age here? Yeah, because Downton, if I recall correctly, Downton really hits going into season three, right? Yeah, because like the DVDs one, of one and two were readily yeah. available, often like boxed together, like uh, you know as a gift. Here's season one and two of the Downton. You know, the, yeah. By the time season three rolled around, it was hot, and then everyone was devastated by the end of it and done with it. Unless you're mm-hmm. really a true fan. <laughs> um, but Gilded Age, though, yeah, I'm curious to see how where it picks up and how people, uh, how on board people are. But wh- where do we want to go on this episode? Well, we're done talking about Watson. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, I think this episode is kind of a two-pronged story. Well, there's obviously our, our favorite subplot. But we have the whole Marion and Tom Rakes of it all. Yeah. Combined well, with talk about the it. Gladys Russell of it all. Yeah, so let's talk about Marion and Tom Rakes. Having watched Belgravia, I feel like this is Julian's favorite thing to do. These dud leads that are supposed to be in love with each other. Yep. And are just kind of blah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we drew a lot of, uh, I don't know, issue with uh, Louisa Jacobson's performance as Marion. It's very, it, it doesn't give much. And rewatching this episode, to be fair to her, they don't. Julian doesn't really give her much to do. Uh-huh. I, I was actually kind of surprised how much of the episode the storyline takes up with Rakes and Marion because there isn't much to it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Rakes has been courting uh, Marion to, to to get together, 
and Ada is advising Marion, I know you're close to this guy, you're moving a little bit fast, and they spot Riggs at, at uh, a theater uh, show, the opera, and he's canoodling with another lady. And yeah, it's, it's Fane who, who spots him, Aurora yeah, Fane. It's a, yeah, Aurora Fane. And, you know, this news gets back to Marion. She doesn't believe it at first, but comes around to it when she hears from Fane, like, no, I saw it with my own two eyes. Yeah, no, and they're, they're going to elope. They're planning to elope. Yep. And the gimmick is, Rakes is going to meet at this woman, uh, Chamberlain's house, who we've learned over the past several episodes, if you remember, is kind of an outcast in society. She's wealthy, mm-hmm. but her means and methods are a little bit questionable. Right. But she's so, art. She's a fan of art, and we do get the moment. I had this in my notes from last time where Marion leaves her some art, <laughs> and it just looks like it was drawn by like a fifth grader. It's just yeah, Mar- the worst. <laughs> Marion went to a paint sip, had a couple glasses of Pinot, and, and drew these birds. <laughs> And I will always re- always remember me by this. Ah, yes, the the ungifted artist. <laughs> ah, wonderful. <laughs> Just throws it in the trash can right next to her. It's like you've been uh, in my life for three weeks, and I've been helping you shack up with this rakes fella. Like you're a real memorable person. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Chamberlain on the outskirts. But yeah, she's she's down to help her out. But Fane had to let Marion know what was up. Yeah. Dude. So and and it's funny because as they're telling. Uh, they're telling Marion this information. She's like, well, he's on his way. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, is he on time? And it's like, no, he's late. It's like, how late? Several hours late. And it's like, oh, God. Like, Get out of here, Marion. Move on. Onward and upward mm-hmm. to to Drake Karn. Yeah, Larry Russell. Because, uh, cool. yeah, she also informs Larry Russell to take a letter to Agnes and Ada um, because she's like, going to be eloping and they this is how they'll find out through a letter so mm-hmm. just deliver it to them yeah now mm-hmm. we then take a carriage over to tom rakes's office mm-hmm. where she wants to intercept him and find out the truth and again we you know stellar performances here this this uh tom tom cockerel who plays tom rakes He's not selling me much on, yeah, on him being like a remorseful or truly in love with her. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to necessarily buy that he's truly in love with her too, because there's mm-hmm. the question of is he in it for the money, uh, not so much her. Uh, so I, I think he does what he needs to, at least in that position. Yeah, but, uh, and I guess in his point of view, they've both acclimated in New York City. They both have this new life and right. this idealistic elopement where they could start from the bottom and, and make something of themselves is really not as viable. Mm-hmm. But what he's not owning up to is the fact that he was snogging a girl at the, the, at the opera or the show the night before, the theater. Yeah. And so, yeah, she has her truth there. Like, okay, this guy wasn't serious the whole time. Everyone else was right. I'm a dummy. <laughs> and and they, there's a ball later in this episode where they reconnect for a minute. And she's interrogating him there like, you know, I would have loved you. We all would have been good, but I'm moving on now. Bye, Rakes. <laughs> now, who's the winner in the breakup here? It's gotta be uh, it's gotta be Marion, right? Because she's still living on, on on Agnes's dollar. Yeah. 
And she's got I mean, Russell on her tail. It, it would have been disastrous if she didn't get home in time to claim the, reclaim the letter from Agnes and Ada. Because mm-hmm. uh, Larry is literally there handing it off. And she says, oh, is that for me? Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, Marion wins out. Cause she, well, so the thing I keep thinking about with this whole storyline, especially since it takes up so much of this episode and it's so straightforward, uh, it, it's that, what does it tell us about Marion? <laughs> and it just tells us she's got a lot to learn. <laughs> uh, there, there's just, she's just very naive. And, and yeah. so like, and trying to get something out of this, this plot line to like really sink our teeth into season two. I hope this means that she becomes a little bit smarter when it comes to engaging with the relationships. It adds a little bit of a dynamic of, you know, establishing trust and stuff like that. Cause aside from that, it's so just, straight down the middle kind of predictable plotting and she she wins and if she doesn't get smarter out of this it's just kind of then like what were we doing here so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah marion wins this race hardly knew you see you later they both they're, they're both losers though because sure marion looks like a total moron and <laughs> okay. rakes looks like a guy who took advantage of a total moron Rakes is also just a piece of dirt. I, I, let's be clear on that, though. Yeah. Because he's really trying to take advantage of her and not being so transparent in his ways. And especially just ready to move on so so fast. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> come he's on. Kinda, man. He's kind of cowardly. He's not a man. He's not right. willing to tell her to her face, like, yeah, I like you, but I like, you know, other women are kind of, I, I've become part of society and I really like that. And I don't want to leave that in a local right. way with you, even though I do kind of like you. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sure we'll see rakes around just a kind of kerfuffle things from Marion in the future. But yeah, don't expect much more there. Do you want to well, talk about Peggy really quick? I mean, sure. Go so in. She's put in her notice at the house. She's no longer going to be Agnes's secretary. Mm-hmm. And one of her servants found in one of her father's pockets a letter about a child. Yeah. And we know from the past, even though this episode spends more time talking, or no, I keep seeing the trailer on YouTube, like 15 second trailer for the next season. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit with uh, T. Thomas Fortune. And so in my head, I'm like thinking just Peggy T. Thomas Fortune over and over and over. (laughs) But, um, this is her child, she thinks. And yeah, her and her mother decide, you know, dad's out of town. We're going to pack up and we're going to go to Chicago. We're going to find this boy. Yep. And then we see dad come to town. And dad's like, what are you doing? And they're like, you knew this whole time. And he's like, he's better off. He's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't need to worry about this. And they're like, oh, no, no. We're worrying, and we're going to go handle this business. Yeah. She wants to, to find her child. And, and mm-hmm. it really sets up, sets up the most interesting plot line for season two. Like, where do you go with that? Because she obviously has to stay involved in the orbit of the show. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, where is this child? What, what does that mean for her in terms of how she lives her life and stuff? You know, because she'd be taking on a huge responsibility there. And then the dynamic or the relationship she has with her father is... is really tarnished it was always strained to begin with because they kind of disapproved of her and and uh she had to get out of the house but like 
this his father had just willingly withheld her child from her like mm-hmm. you know just kept it on so do we see some resolution there is it kind of is there even a bigger wedge that that grows from that very curious to see where peggy goes this season and i think you know this really reflects where we landed with gilded age that peggy is the most interesting character on the show <laughs> or what one of the best written characters on the show yeah uh, yeah so yeah man and they really sell it in that scene too the father's like i did what i had to do <laughs> and they're like did you have to do it though did you know yeah not necessary pops thanks pops uh arthur we can knock off um i know we're just jumping around uh but uh, was it oscar van ryan yep he's got eyes for gladys yep because he's because trying to get this rich. Is, this is her big. This fall that's coming out is her. Her becoming what? What do they say? Her coming out. She will be available for society, mm-hmm. and he's gay, and he needs yeah. the easiest way to continue his lifestyle while having a partner. Securing the bag. He sees Gladys as easy. Easy, easy in. She's got that money. <laughs> and what's his, uh, what's his man's name? Uh, John Adams. Yeah. And, and so, like, at this ball, John Adams is, like, raising his eyebrow, like, come on, man. <laughs> Who do you think you we're, are? We're going to do stuff later. What are, what are you doing here? Also a 40-year-old man, by the way, the actor who played John Adams, Claiborne Elder. The, the biggest, the strangest thing to me about this show, maybe full stop, is how they treat Oscar Van Ryan as, like, young uh, mm-hmm. Like young enough, but he still has opportunities. But the actor who plays Oscar Van Ryan, he looks older, and he is in his forties. And nothing against him; it's just the casting thing, where it's just like. But he's he's story. not played like a creep, like in Paul Dark. No. You have like Ozzy Whitworth, all these like older men or, or different men. You know, obviously Sir mm-hmm. Anthony's an older guy, much older. But yeah, age is always kind of pointed out as like. Oh, you know, it's okay for men, but it's a little creepy. What's the guy's name in Belgravia? The the who's trying to get married? The main oh. bad guy. Oh, right. uh, yeah. Velasquez. He's like a couple years, you know, he's like 10 years older than who he's going for. But I mean, the biggest thing is they don't play it as as a piece of society. It's just sort of ignored. Right. And the the biggest I think the thing that stands out to me is just that Oscar Van Ryan is pursuing uh George and Bertha Russell's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is, he looks as old as George Russell. That that's the big issue for me. And it's like yeah. I can't buy that he's pursuing his daughter when he looks the same as the father. Uh, he's like snidely whiplash up to you know like George Russell. He's like a evil, quirky emo George Russell ish guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, he looks like you know the the bad guy from Wild Wild West or. Uh, no, he looks like uh, Kevin Klein a while or less. Those glasses and everything. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, no. I've never even seen that movie. I've just seen the posters. <laughs> Deep pull. Anyways. Um, where, where, well, so we get a scene talk with about... him after, after the ball where he goes to see John Adams. Man, John Adams. And I don't know. John Adams is going to wait for him. Yeah, John Adams is like, come on, man. I see what game you're trying to play. you got to make a choice. And it, it's either her or I, and no in between. See you next season. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that John Adams' heart is being 
broken in this. Also, it's weird to just talk about John Adams. That's, <laughs> that's not a famous name. Right. Uh, John Adams is obviously like torn because he loves Oscar, or we assume he, he's at least at the very least infatuated with Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of me thinks that if you're a, a closeted homosexual in the 1800s and your partner's like, hey, I found a way that we can continue our relationship on the side, but I can have a partner and keep face publicly. And have this that guy. Money. And have money. I don't think that I think that John Adams is being a little idealistic considering his life circumstances, which is sad yeah. for the time, but also not unrealistic. But and also, if he's not antagonizing Oscar about his life decisions, there's no drama there. So he kind of just yeah. has to play that role. <laughs> Unfortunately, thanks Julian for the the ace writing there. But yeah, um, it, there's. I feel like that's always the case, at least. And then it's not just Julian, but like some of these old stayed shows where they don't know any other path to go with uh, homosexual relationships where it's like one person nagging the other one to come out <laughs> and that's just it. That's the only plot line they can play. It's like, can they just get a little bit more dynamic? Give them something else? I don't know. Yeah, they're all, they're but, all, I mean, it, it doesn't help that we watch period shows. So like Queen yeah. Charlotte, it's two of the guys that are discreetly doing it while all the business is going on or Downton where Barrow is whisked away into a world where he's a, like, footman for a, a gay guy and, and not to go on a tangent here but you know i was reading this past week about lord mountbatten uh you know who was on the crown the guy who was assassinated spoiler alert that happened in real life mm-hmm. but he had trysts with shirley mcclain he had an open marriage and one other thing that was very salacious but widely reported on and you know the crown doesn't back off from the you know borderline real fiction you know is that he had massive gay orgies lord mountbatten where was uh-huh. that on the crown Give me that. <laughs> that. That'd be fun to see. Sure, um, you can you can see. There's just I'm just saying there's they could they could go that way if Oscar wants to throw down with a bunch of dudes, do it, Julian. <laughs> uh, you you but, won't, you coward. <laughs> you're such a coward, Julian. You won't give it to us. Uh, anyways, though, that's for next season. We'll see. Does that leave us <laughs> with with just the straight line of the ball and all of the drama around that? Yeah, I mean, there's one thing we can touch on downstairs, but we'll save that for last because let's just get the Russells out of the way. Sure. Uh, we, we got, what's her, it's Astor's first name. Carrie, no, Carrie Astor's the daughter. Uh, Mrs. It's just Astor. Mrs. Astor, we even, man. We don't even get a first name. Because um, I think she's based on a real person. Yes. Yeah, Caroline Sh- uh, Horn Astor, yeah. So she's the one... You know, she is the queen of the scene. Mm-hmm. If she shows up, it's a big deal. You got to fall in line with the Astors. And yep. Caroline, Carrie Astor, is good friends with uh, Gladys Russell. And this ball is for her. And there's this whole dance going around. And the Astors are not going to come because. Bertha is new money. Bertha's rustling feathers. And that's the bottom line. They don't want anything to yeah. do with her. But Bertha's response is, okay, well, if you don't, if, if you're not coming, your daughter's uninvited. That's the, that's it. That's it. That's all. That's all there is. Didn't you watch the episode last week, Miss Astor, where they're preparing to dance and everything and learning the, the dance for this ball? Didn't you watch mm-hmm. it? It could have been you. And yeah. Carrie goes home. Carrie finds out that she is no longer invited. 
and she does the ultimate teen thing and just says, I'm going to my room, leave me alone. And mm-hmm. Mrs. Astor seems to have been beaten at her own game. <laughs> she just yeah. gets waited out. Well, well, what happens is Bertha goes to call upon her and she's ignored. Mm-hmm. And she's a huge deal. And this is after, is it last, the week prior where Bertha and company, or a week or two prior, where they go to walk through the Astor's house and wind up like running through the kitchen and out the back door because they're not supposed to be there. Thanks Mm -hmm. to Nathan Lane, Ward McAllister. And so none of this seems to be out in the public as of this moment, but Bertha, Bertha's really mad. And Bertha uninvites Caroline and Caroline, Carrie decides to disappear and play grumpy and mom's not thrilled no and so she's gonna have to pretty much cave (laughs) and approve of this party and show up yeah i mean there's a great it's a great like series of events where bertha just like bertha just stands firm where yeah it's like so finally after several scenes of Carrie Astor refusing to, to take a meal and talk to her mother, Mrs. Astor surprises Bertha in her house and says, hey, I'm here. Sorry you missed me. Mm-hmm. And Bertha, in that moment, squeezes her, even still, where, where she could just be like, okay, the queen showed up. I have social approval. She goes, no, I saw somebody go in. You didn't. You weren't busy. And she goes, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, all right, fine, 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 fine. I saw somebody else. I had one other person. Sorry. Yep. And she goes, well, you're coming tonight, right? And she goes, excuse me? Huh? What? And she goes, well, I can't, I can't let your daughter come to my house without you. That's the name of the game. Right. And I asked her, she, she caves. She's the queen she of the social up. society, and she says... I'll be there. I'll show up. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, with they're that at the ball. Comes the Van, the the uh, Van Ryans have to show up too. Yeah. Ada Brooke, Agnes, Oscar's already there. Basically, once you get Aster, the doors come open. Everyone's down to show up and, and clown. Yeah, it's a party, and also, it goes off pretty we, well. We did skip over the part about George Russell. All right. Basically, blackmailing someone into going to the the ball. Yep. Because like, that was hey. a carryover from the previous week where they were holding something over his head, and then he was just like, "Yeah, he just blackmailed the guy. Be like, no, we're gonna make that go away. You just show up." <laughs> and the, and it's like, well, I got to see if my wife's free. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, your wife's gonna be free." He and he he has a lethal line in this in this exchange where he's like. It's like, well, what if my wife has plans going? And he's like, I think if you tell her the importance of why you need to show up to this, you'll cancel those plans. I am looking forward to more George Russell this season with some of that those cutting lines, you know, just really telling mm-hmm. people what's up. <laughs> well, both of these I, Russells are so, like, they're so firm. They want their place. They gotta. One of them's got to get knocked down, and yeah, they're both. They both deserve it to a certain point because. I believe the question is brought, is that legal what you're doing? And George Russell goes, why don't we, why don't we find out? He's like, come yeah. at me, bro. 
It's like, are you serious, no, totally. George? And, that, and that's why the relationship works is because they see that strength in each other, that they want to advance in the world and mm-hmm. that there's a, a mutual respect there. Uh, but as we see in the, the trailers for season two, that could lead to some contention between the two of them because one or the other is too focused. I mean, actually, in season one, we saw that he was very much focused on getting ahead and stuff like that without considering, you know, uh, Bertha's wants. Whereas it looks like in this next season, Bertha is going to be going full steam ahead to establish herself as a socialite to George's potential chagrin. Who knows? We'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I mean, the, the whole ball goes off just fine. And then we get the scene of them in bed saying like, well, that was a nice night. That went well. Yeah, that's the bottom line. And we're alighting over the underlying story that really is resolved early in this episode, uh, but they talk about it in, in bed later on. Monsieur Borden. <laughs> Baden. Yeah. Monsieur Baden. Oh, well, it's both. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for listeners of the podcast uh, who listened in when we watched the show the first time around, we were just goofing around and saying, what, what is this drama with Monsieur Baden? What could possibly happen in the last week? And we just both correctly guessed that he's not actually French. <laughs> well, I believe, I, I believe the thing is, we already have a sort of, um, we have a tenement building, you know, down on their luck sibling or parent fig- figure for one of the females downstairs. Mm-hmm. This, um, what's the guy's name that we just talked about before? Um, the bald guy. Where are you? Watson uh, Mar- has the uh, yeah, mysterious Watson. relation, or you know, pining for a member of the other class. We have the closeted gay guy. We have mm-hmm. the person who's abandoning their their betrothed for in favor of society. There's not much left for Julian to play, but maybe this guy's an imposter and. He gets he's been getting blackmailed and he just has to admit it. His name is not Baldin. His name is Borden. Yeah. And his voice, he's he's from Wichita, Kansas. Well, he doesn't talk like that. <laughs> he has a few line reads where it's a it's a repulsive accent change. Oh, when he started talking in his Native American, not Native American, but like his native tongue and his mm-hmm. American accent. I was like, oh, wait, we're in store for this next season? This is ridiculous. Uh, it's so forced the way he talks, just like, yeah, I'm American now. It's like, what? But he's not like, uh, man, he is kind of like, he's kind of whiny at some point. Obviously a different version of yeah. that voice. But he keeps slipping in and out of the uh, the French, you know, like that voice. Right. And so he gets yeah, well, sacked because you can't have a someone from Wichita as your chef. And they yep. bring in this other chef who is just a terror and ignores all of the notes and the menus. Actually French, too. Actually French, yeah. Which is not hard for, uh, you know, it's not hard for the, the, the Russells to get a French chef. But yep. the day of the ball comes around and this guy winds up just hammered drunk Mm -hmm. which i think is a very bizarre plot point yeah i I, I feel like this would be a much better story if the french chef was just an a-hole and like push people around and yeah um what's the what's the down banister is banister at the russell's house 
I, I feel like Julian has gone to that well a lot of times, or it, whereas Julian's even bored yeah. with telling that story because he did it in the movie of Downton Abbey. Yes, he, the he's Downton done Abbey it on the movie show where they they bullied people. But st- you know, if you're talking about Julian's bag of tricks, the guy just getting drunk and being on the table seemed so yeah, I didn't, random. I didn't mind it. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is it, a little it's broad. An afterthought. Uh, and so yeah, board board in comes in at the last minute to save the day, cooking things up, and. George reveals all that to, to Bertha, like, yeah, you know, he's not actually French. Well, they, they, they say that early on, but he reveals, and she's like, oh, man, good, get rid of him. But later on, he's like, I actually had Borden come back because we needed him. And she is uh, astonished, but at the same time, he's like, he saved the day. We're going to keep him. He's worth it. <laughs> yeah. So. And they say, yeah. what, are they going to cut him, like, mid Midwest, Middle Western or something like that? Yeah, Midwest. They're going to come up with something. That's Sounds fancier a, than it is. Yeah. And this, I mean, and this this was the Lord to grant them at, at their at our prime. Hitting yeah. this one before it happened. I really hope there's a plot point in season two that we can hit the nail on the head of because we're, we're, there's gonna be a lot of misses, but maybe we'll get one. We'll see. Oh yeah, there's gonna be a lot of one star comments, but you know, maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll get something right. Well, Dave, put it down right now. Make a prediction for the season. Uh, okay, my. I'm looking at the cast right now. I'm trying to figure who's who's a who's a logical prediction to make for, or who is who's. I can make a broad one. I, I think will, Gladys Gladys outright shoots down Oscar Van Ryan. I can see that because Oscar purports himself to be the guy running the show. He like snipes gonna, her when she still has her her waltz outfit on, trying yeah. to make a scene like I'm with her right now. And it's like you're you're kind of creepy, man. You're coming off a little too strong. You're not as wise as you think you are, and she's going to see right through it. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction? I think there's going to be someone who dies to see her, which may be a little bit broad of a of a call to make. But I feel like one of the key characters has to bite the dust. That's the, that's something that Julian Julian does not do unless he has to. Yeah, unless the actor is leaving the show. <laughs> uh, that that that's what he does. Uh, I. I f- I don't know who the prime candidate would be, though. I, I mean, maybe Wa- we, we, Watson buys the dust. That would be. He's like, let me tell you about McNeil, <sighs> and he's gone. We can't get him back. I mean, you um, would go into a succession zone if you had like, um, if you had one of the van um, Agnes Christine Baranski kick the bucket. Yeah, I, I, well, she's too too valuable on the show. But I could see someone like Ada, who's juggling a lot of plots. Maybe she gets married off and leaves the show for a while. Because, I mean, uh, what, what I mean is, uh, what you call it, the actress who plays her, Cynthia Nixon, is always yeah. doing the Sex in the City show and everything. So it's a lot of work for her. So I could see her being married off to go far away. And it, well, I mean, they, they heavily ha- featured in the trailer. So right, I don't know about at, that. With having a relationship. But anyways, we could fantasy book for a long time. Uh, last couple notes in this episode. Uh... We do see that young butler, Jack Treacher. <laughs> that name. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not Jack Reacher. It's Jack Treacher or Treacher, what have you. He's uh, talking with, uh, is it, which other uh, help downstairs? Is it Bridget? I, I don't know. I forget, I forget the name. But they're looking across the street and they're like, oh man, what, she's, she's saying, wouldn't it be nice to be like them? And he says, Who's to say we can't be like them one day? And it's like, keep dreaming, buddy. 
yeah. <laughs> it, it don't work that way. Uh, and then we also get a moment at the big party where the um, the two Carsons of the world, uh, of the Russells and the the Brooks, uh, Bannister and Church, acknowledge each other. They get, give each other a head nod. Yep. And and I think that was a, also a, a send off to that big uh, discussion we had in the, during first season, like who was trying to sabotage the other or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Solid finale. Solid finale. Solid, yeah, very solid finale, aside from Marion and Rakes, which I think we also kind of predicted being a, a fall-apart situation. Yeah, not as many major cliffhangers outside of Peggy like you'd get out of Downton, I feel like. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, tied, it tied off enough, uh, you know, storylines and everything. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for Gilded Age Season 2. I'm just ready for something new. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in which we'll, we'll be covering next week. Yeah, so, next week. It's here, finally. I know, man. Uh, in terms of power rankings, I have the same ones from last time, Dave. I, I, if you have new ones... I don't know if I have new ones, so I'll go over mine. Okay. In third I mean, I can place restate mine, down. too. <laughs> yeah, restate yours. Third place going down, I got Marion. Okay. You played yourself like a fool. You're, you're ignorant. Yep. That's fair. I, I have Monsieur Baudin at three because he got really? fired. He's, he's a Frenchman. He got fired. He wasn't fit for the role. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. So I, all right. Never mind. At number two, I got Tom Rakes. Mm-hmm. Because this guy, we said it before, Marion wins. Rakes is thinking he's king you-know-what in New York, but he ain't He ain't you-know-what. Yeah. He's a, he's a bum. And I think if he's even a, a factor in the next season, it won't be a big one. I think I think we see Tom Rakes walk into the the sunset in a if Richard was, Carlisle way. If Rakes was in the the world today, the modern world, I feel like he'd be a couch surfer. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. strike me as a guy who really has many convictions. Uh, at number two, I got Mr. Scott. This guy blew up his whole family for no reason. He hid a child from his daughter, and now everyone oh, hates him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Good luck crawling out of that hole, buddy. You, you really dug it for yourself. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see if he can make amends on that. Number one seems fairly obvious to me. It's Aster. Sure, yeah. You. This is, this is the queen, and, and she is... She's frozen out by a child and by new money. Mm-hmm. She is... She takes... She, she bends the knee That's fair. for Bertha Russell. Huge tell yeah. for Aster. Well, number one going down, I got Rakes and Marion. Uh, just because the plot line was inane. That it made both of them look silly. <laughs> it okay. just bad looks all around in that plot line. No one comes I out would, really that I big of a winner. I would say if Larry winner. Russell wasn't hovering right there for, for Marion, there was a little uptick. I might agree. I'd, but I'd say Larry Russell has better options out there. So we'll see if it all falls that way so easily with Marion. Okay. Well, who do you got going up then? He's a handsome man. Well, I got uh, Josh Borden at number three. <laughs> How did I <laughs> down forget with, that? <laughs> yeah. Down with Monster Baudin, up with Josh Borden. He's a new man. He's got a new Let lease on life. Die. Yeah. <laughs> he saved the day. Kudos to that guy. Well, Who's, I, got, I, I, got, I got Peggy at number three. Okay. She's, she found out her son is alive and tracked down. Granted, she's not in a great spot with her dad, but this is huge news for her. Yeah. This is validating. She has a somewhere to go. So good for her. 
Yeah. Well, number two, I got Gladys. She has her ball. She gets to okay. dance around, have a good time. You know, this is what the season I've been building up toward to with her. We're just having a having a ball, and she gets to have it. Good for her. Great, great. Number two, I got I got Borden. Bought in. Okay. Yeah. He gets fired. He gets brought back. It's pretty nice. <laughs> and and what, they, what, he, what's the storyline for Borden this season? We gotta call the shot on that. Well, I, is the storyline? Does he get found out and put the house in danger, or does he continue to be bought in, or do, is he bored in? I think it's something where maybe the bought in was just the tip of the iceberg. That there's more that he's hiding. That's not even related to just the identity. That he's he's done something in his past that's coming back well, to we, haunt him. We know why he's been outed. It's his wife. Right. So his yeah. wife is going to be a part of this. It's going to be Bates with Borden. <laughs> <laughs> Borden, look, with all due respect to Borden, he's no Bates. He can't handle the pressure of Avira. Yeah, I would love it, though, if it's something where, like, he tries to murder his wife, but then bumbles it because he's he's Borden, Borden. Uh, and then he just accidentally uh, hurt her. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> just trying to recreate the Bates plotline, but silly. Uh, well, number one for me, it's Bertha. Oh, yeah, no question. She threw the ball. She she got the Astros to show up, and everyone else. So yeah, good on her. And hopefully she continues that streak going into this next season, which again we'll, we'll be talking about very week. soon. Absolutely, big one for Bertha. Heck yeah, Dave. Have you been watching anything else outside of the Guild Age? Uh, not too much. Nothing. You know, I, I feel like I've been pretty busy, fairly busy. A few yeah. Halloween movies I watched. Uh, nothing new, but I rewatched Cabin in the Woods and Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Cabin in the Woods, up. not so not as not so much fun anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead still great, fantastic movie, and it has a. I for, totally forgot it has Isabel Crawley is Shaun's mom. Oh Which yeah, a very yeah. She's huge in that. Nice, rem- you know, like oh wow, I totally forgot about this. Um, yeah, that's really nah, good. I, I just know Isabel from Doctor Who first because she's like the mayor, I think, in the first few seasons mm-hmm. of the reboot. Uh, but yeah, similar to you, Dave, just watching haunted movies. Uh, well, I watched Donnie Darko for the first time, which I feel like I'm 20 years late on that one. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. I mean. I don't. I don't see why there was such a fervor, but I get it because it doesn't make sense. So there's a lot to like talk about and unpack with it. But it, mm-hmm. I liked its vibe. <laughs> it, was, it was very emo-y. Uh, I watched Scary Movie Three. I saw. I saw New York Times wrote like a, a 20 year uh, piece uh, on it, saying like it's not that bad. And I watched it, and it's like no, it, it is bad, but it's got funny moments. <laughs> well, the, I, I remember I saw Scary Movie Three in theaters, and yeah, I remember thinking some of it was hysterical but having only seen parts of the first two because they I think they were both R and three mm-hmm. is PG-13 yeah and being like this is a better format for these kinds of movies is is not being allowed to curse and be as vulgar and filthy as you want yeah so there, there was a fart joke in it that made me laugh harder than anything that has made me laugh in a few weeks <laughs> that, that's where I'm at right now yeah uh but aside from that, though, is it the, 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 the signs alien farts or something like that? No, no, no. It's the chair. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I sent the link. I'll send you the link again. Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, it's always a little bit like okay, scary movie. I don't know. What a time to be it's alive. Good. Just look up. It's the chair. Scary movie three. You'll laugh. Uh, not a good movie though. Don't don't watch it. Um, but aside from that, Love Is Blind Japan. And okay, dude, they spend like four or five episodes in the pods. There's eight matched couples on there. No and, way. How long? Yeah. How long is the season? Thirteen episodes, I think. Like they go a full like Netflix season. These people on the show are locked in, man. They are so serious about because you you see on the regular Love Is Blind like yeah I want to get married I see this and that these people like you look at the birth rates in Japan for for these people on the show this is Endgame like you have to walk out of there with like a partner mm-hmm. and stuff so they are serious about getting married it is it's heavy it is heavy on that show but all right <laughs> I'm in it's good it's really good and this is just the season from last year I think I don't think they're doing a second season unfortunately but anyways that's too many couples to follow. <laughs> America had two. Wait, Dave, give us the Golden Bachelor update. What about that? <laughs> it's just, it's more of the same. It's it's fine. It's yeah. fun. It's I think uh, I don't know if he cried this week. I don't think he cried this week. <laughs> oh, no, I think he did cry this week. Okay. <laughs> this guy. I, I was saying how it's really good, but I don't know if we can flip it because I think if you were to do a Golden Bachelorette, all the men would be like. MAGA dudes or like yeah. Blue Lives Matter guys. I don't think there's too many like sweet gentlemen in their 60s and yeah. 70s that would be willing to do this show in the way that there are women that are willing to. Yep. So I'm enjoying it because it's fun to. It, it's totally like engrossing that it's just a different age gap, age group doing the same thing that's been done for like 20 years. It's just a blast. It's different flavor. Yeah. Mm hmm. And Dave, this is only your second season of the show. <laughs> I watched the last Bachelorette and then this, so yeah. Okay. And then I start, we right. started Paradise, but it's too much for me. Gotcha. Too long. Yeah, it's a big ask for some of these shows. <laughs> uh, but not too much of an ask is season two of Guild Age. Yes. Ready for it? Going to go in uh, week by week with it. And if you want to see more of us, uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter X, Instagram. Uh, you can find our pods anywhere on any platform that you listen to. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be nice. You can sign up for our Patreon where we do bonus episodes and we have our Lords of Grantham Lounge on Facebook where we talk with uh, all the listeners. And uh, yeah, we have a Podbean website with the whole back catalog if you wanted to search for our, our stuff. Uh, either way, though, we will see you next week on the pod talking Gilded Age Season 2. Yeah.